Hi guys and welcome back for episode 12 of Unfiltered. <laughs> this is not a good start. That was fine. I was on a roll and okay. you ruined it. All right, well, let's keep going. Great. So, hi Mark, how are you? Good. The reason we're laughing is because none of us can really construct a sentence this morning, which isn't a great start. I think Lola is the most literate and able to string a sentence together of all of us. Exactly. Uh, so, this is a bit of an indication of how our weeks have been. How are you going? <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm here. <laughs> Me neither. What um, day is it? What's I don't my know. name? What year is it? And, you know, I've been to the Central Coast, Western Sydney. I'm exhausted. Oh, I've literally covered the state. She's been on tour. Well, God, doll, you're doing more travel than most of us. So, well, you just you just keep your complaints yeah. to yourself. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, sorry. I should be so grateful stopping at Gosford Macca's on the way. Such a supportive friend. So this week we saw a story come up about uh, Tinder, which is obviously a really, really popular dating app. The most popular, I would say. By you. Well, I haven't <laughs> been on it for a very, very long time and they won't let you on it. Just a yeah, okay. So <laughs> I've got to disclose what happened there. So I have been on Tinder not that long and... Um, you know, because I have such a thriving dating life. And uh, and I logged on a few months ago yeah. and I went in and it was like I was in another profile and there was a different profile picture and it was very strange. And I thought, what? why? Yeah. And I thought, why am I, what is going on? Anyway, so I went to go change the profile picture and I can't even really remember what it was. I was just like, what is going on? And then it suddenly um, kicked me out of the account. Yeah. And then I went to go log back in and it said, you've been banned from Tinder. And what? so I have contacted Tinder. <laughs> okay. This is... I Mark really is wanna... not the consumer that you want to piss off. Really. I've contacted Tinder about <laughs> three principle. or four times on email because you can't call them mm. and told them about this and it, it being a potential data breach. Mm-hmm. And they say, sorry, we're not in a position at the moment to review uh, accounts. And I said, well, yeah, but... This is, yeah, and that was it. I'm they a, shut I'm it down. I'm a consumer and your product isn't working. Can you please well, respond Well, they said to you me? violated the terms and conditions. We're not in a position to review those that review your account. And it's like, no, but this was a data breach. And yeah. so I swear it's either someone who really doesn't have a, anything in between their ears yeah. that's on the other end yeah. or is blatantly just not interested. Willful ignorance, which is an interesting uh, observation given this is what these headlines have been about is Tinder's sort of uh, total indifference to uh, reports of sexual assault by users who have met through the app and then have reported that they've been assaulted and they get this automated response and there's no follow-up. So the ABC, in conjunction with Triple J Hack, they conducted a survey of 400 respondents. 175 out of those 400 respondents had experienced sexual assault as the result of a Tinder date. Yeah, that's a lot. Isn't that horrifying? And that's just in Australia? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that's more. That's a more local survey. Mm. Uh, 48 out of uh, those people had reported this incident to Tinder only 11 heard back in any official capacity. Nothing really was resolved, but Mm. they heard back from a human being. Mm. So it's clear that there's an increasing concern about safety 
on dating apps, particularly Tinder, because Tinder, like I said earlier, is the most popular. It earned $1.7 billion in revenue last year. Yeah, that's insane. And that is likely to go up because we're all a little isolated and a little lonely mm. and probably swiping a bit more than and we And let's face it, would. we're so glued to our phones that the whole days of meeting someone at a bus stop or a bar, they're a little bit numbered at the moment. It just I know. doesn't happen. Well, it doesn't even happen outside no, of a pandemic. No. The sad irony is, is that you'll be sitting at a table swiping and like a bunch of cute dudes are at another table swiping. True. No one's actually getting up and being like, can I buy you a glass of wine? No, because there's no wine to buy because the bars are, you know, on very limited operations. I shouldn't say that. Sydney's opening up quite well, but, um, you know, for a while there. Yeah. So this obviously calls into question, you know, uh, the responsibility of dating apps to uh, not only respond appropriately, but to maybe put some measures in place which protect their users. There was another incident uh, that came up in uh, this research which was uh, released that there was multiple accounts of women who had reported users who had been harassing them or had sexually assaulted them in a dating context and after reporting them within a couple of days could still see them coming up as a potential mm. match on Tinder and they were able to match with them. Well, what I find interesting is because you have to have a phone number and like an email, email address, address, right? Or even just so like a Facebook profile. When I, I went to try and make a different account because I was like, well, there's something wrong with my account. I went to use my my alternative email and I couldn't do it because I still have the same phone number mm. so essentially I can't use Tinder mm. so uh, I'm destined for a really great life ahead um, and, <laughs> a uh, tragedy for all of Sydney and it was interesting that I thought well oh okay that's quite you know it's good that they have that because then you can't make multiple accounts mm. but I guess people do go out there and get multiple numbers so we know in the case of Glenn Hartland, he was a serial offender on Tinder and he did precisely that. He would set up fake profiles using obviously different contact details and he was charged for the rape of three women via meeting them on Tinder and uh, sexually assaulting another woman. So there and were four charges. She took her own life eventually. There was one of those women mm. uh, who, before after he was charged but before he was sentenced, she mm. took her own life and so that's awful. believed to be in direct connection with her experience with Glenn Hartland. I even remember seeing him on Tinder. Really? All the time. He in was, Sydney? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was like, it would come up obviously whenever mm. he was in the area and there was a time I was down in Melbourne for a couple of weeks it is creepy and he that, came up. that people are setting up different accounts with multiple phone mm -hmm. numbers I mean how do you have multiple phone numbers going at once I know it's who expensive has, just who, to have one who has the time exactly like just the admin but the other thing uh, I should say you know obviously my problem with being banned from tinder is so so small mm. compared to the topic we're talking mm. about but it does it, what the reason I raised it was because it was interesting to see just the lack of customer service yes. over something that could be a potential data breach much less uh, important than the topic we're talking now mm. but it's all so an indication to get yeah to get that experience and then at a higher level where you're dealing with sexual assault and rape and mm. to get a similar sort of response mm. is like where is the the level of urgency and if a yes. company is making all this money yeah i did read that they're thinking of bringing in a photo verification system but mm. the problem is apparently they're going to make it not mandatory so i mean 
What's does the it, point? What's the point? And also, what does photo verification do? I mean, well, exactly. he had the same photos in every single exactly. profile. I mean, maybe but... one one option would be doing it through a passport. That's what I think because, mm. for instance, so that's another great example with the Glenn Hartland situation. When he was on bail, he was back on Tinder. Yeah, wow. So the degree of oversight mm. is, and it's it. Yes, there's certain things they need to do, and I agree with you. Something like a license or like. A passport, something that's an official mm. document. Yeah. And then it's easier to track because there's a document number which come along with yeah. all of those items. Um, but yeah, certainly there's clearly a wider lack of interest in protecting particularly women on these platforms because whilst he was out on bail, mm. there was clearly no system by which they could keep him off the platform. I think it's interesting as well. This raises the whole idea of... Um, responsibility that social media platforms should have mm. uh, with their users. So we know um, in with the New Zealand terror attack um, that was broadcast live on Facebook and, um, you know, that raised a lot of questions about Twitter and Facebook and those platforms having to respond quickly to actually bring in teams to mm. manage this type of content this harmful effect in real time exactly mm. and that's sort of in a way quite different but also similar in, in that these companies actually have to have these mechanisms in place where they do protect their users whether it's um, from a sex offender from being exposed to a, a very live terror attack mm. being streamed because the the actual the person responsible streamed it um so and that was the mosque attack mm. which was which was awful so it does seem like an, a total uh lack of interest in duty of care if we put it into a more i suppose real world sense if you had an in-person dating agency you walked into a dating agency into an actual building you spoke to an individual they matched you up with somebody mm. and you ended up being you know uh assaulted as a result of that Yes, of course you would have some belief that that dating agency has culpability and probably needs to look at their policies and look at the way that they're uh, matching people and, and their level of responsibility. But Tinder just seems to be wiping their hands of it, regardless of the fact that there's clearly funds there to be able to put some systems in place which actually protect their well, the users. Other, the other thing as well is that what's to say that, okay, maybe there is a photo verification system on Tinder, but mm. then... What's to stop them going on Hinge or Bumble or Grinder or I mean, with Grinder for example, um, which is the gay dating app, you don't have to. All you need is an email. Yeah. And if all you need is an email, then um, you know anyone can just create create multiple emails mm. and then therefore mo multiple profiles. So I think maybe it actually goes wider than that. Maybe there needs to be a, a regulatory. I can't say that word regulatory body um, to to oversee all those dating apps. I don't yeah. really know because I think, yes, okay, if Tinder starts putting in some, you know, mechanisms, great, but then this person can go to the other million dating apps out there. Well, interestingly, I found out by this story that uh, the same company that owns Tinder, which is called Match, actually owns a variety of other apps like hinge right okay which i would consider to be not safer it just i like hinge i do too hinge is more like it puts it's a more, more like it's more like husband wife territory or personality yes and so you put up a profile picture of yourself i don't know five i think and then you can put a caption under each one you mm. know which are quite funny you can mm. say you know 
um, pensive or like, you know, <laughs> and some photo of you at a cafe looking Which very suave. Which is the first word I think of you. Yeah. So when I'm asked to describe you as what's Mark like? Oh, he's pensive, very, he's very yeah. pensive. I don't think anyone's ever described me as that, but nah. you know, it's a good aspiration. Yes. Um, so yeah, goals. it is, it is interesting. Um, so in terms of their duty of care in reacting, obviously they've dropped the ball there, but there's also been some loopholes which have been uncovered. For instance, you know, when you unmatch from somebody, how your, all your messages disappear and they disappear from your sort of list of people yeah. to chat with. There's been instances where these women haven't exchanged personal details, like maybe a mobile number or they don't have their surnames, etc. Uh, and they go onto the app to report these people and they've already unmatched from them, which essentially makes them almost impossible to search for. That then uh, makes these women feel like they can't go and report because they mm. don't have sufficient information to yeah, provide. Yeah, that's interesting. So- and there's an element of shame as well because, yes, of course, people can use these apps for whatever they like, casual sex, casual dating, more serious mm. kind of dating, whatever, no judgment, but that's not necessarily going to be how they're received. So they should... There should be a system that actually, even though you won match, is keeps a record of your, your you know conversations that you've had online. Then I guess it's also a, a privacy thing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't want their dirty laundry kept by a company. What if there's a leak or a hack or like so, what happened with the Ashley Madison mm. dating, where that Ashley Madison company was set up to help people have mar- extramarital affairs and then there was a huge data breach and all yeah. these celebrities and fairly notable people, uh, all their information was leaked and clearly they were trying to get something on the side. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, um, I think that would be, uh, that would destroy me. It's not a great precedent, <laughs> no. uh, but in terms of being able to protect your users and consumers, I think that that's a risk worth taking given mm. the numbers like this survey is not great yeah. uh, and of course there's some kind of personal responsibility that we need to take in terms of how we navigate these kinds of platforms but I don't think I don't that... think you ever really know though I no, mean, never. you never know exactly you don't exactly. know what's going to happen I mean no. it's always a risk and you know what really it's always a risk in public too because you know, you can meet someone at a bar or whatever and they can turn out not to be who they are. Interestingly, particularly... Oh, you've had a well, good experience of uh, a date that went <laughs> wrong. <laughs> tell that story. I'm not going to tell it in depth because <laughs> I have a feeling this person listens to and watches a lot of my stuff, hence why I don't date this person anymore. So I ended up going on a date a few weeks ago with somebody... <laughs> I know you want me to tell the whole story, but I'm not going to. Um, another episode. We'll do a bad dates episode, would yeah, you reckon? That could be a whole episode. That could be a series. That could be a year. Yep. <laughs> so um, I have been speaking to this person actually on the phone. So having phone calls, a couple of hours. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else for a second there. Oh, no, doll. You know I'm far too prudish <laughs> to have any actual fun. Go on. And ended up going on this date and everything that had been said... <laughs> was not the case was not true they had misrepresented themselves in every single potential category which i find so bizarre because why lie when you have every intention of meeting this person and then figure out it's you were a lying tinder surprise <laughs> <laughs> you're so clever like kinder surprise exactly i enjoy that way more than i should it's quite funny 
if I do say so myself. That was, that was a zinger. Anyway, dog. it ended up with you at a really crap restaurant with food poisoning in the, by the end of it. In the bathroom, stalker calling Mark, who has his phone glued to his forehead have, usually. Have and, it in my hand right now. And put it down and put and then let me down essentially yeah. uh, by not coming and rescuing me yeah. by calling back and telling me there'd been some terrible accident so I could get out well, of Well I was actually meeting someone else on like at a party like In old real school life. dating yeah. and um what a, what and a that concept. was really good it was nice but oh, it was too nice Thanks doll Thank and you for uh, that in. yeah anyway Uh so I mean that's obviously not as uh extreme is what we're chatting about today but it goes to show you know what people how people present themselves in dating apps or online is certainly not necessarily how they're presenting in real life that was my lesson mm. uh, it's happened a few times but hey you've got to keep trying um <laughs> but interestingly say you know with this glenn hartland uh mm. example he'd actually dated these women for not long periods of time but a couple of months at a time so it wasn't just like first date second date mm. random meeting from tinder they'd obviously forged a relationship a romantic relationship and the rapes actually occurred after he tried to they they would try to end the relationship with him yeah he would show up at their home and in one instance his fiance was sitting out the front in the car waiting for him oh that's really weird right so he had a fiance as well apparently god i know i know so look i think that there's obviously a lot to be said for measures that tinder needs to take to protect consumers and customers and in the meantime just be incredibly wary let your friends know where you are particularly i tend to do that where it's like send them the pin of where you're meant to be Mm. let them know when you're leaving to go home when you are home that you're in with the door locked behind you and no one's in there with you Mm. checking in on each other i think is probably one of the best backups to the minefield that is online dating because obviously it's it's far more dangerous than any of us probably wanted to acknowledge yeah i'm not you know i'll be really honest i hate online dating i I find it i just find it so much easier to actually talk to someone in real life and and to actually meet people in real life it does happen um it just yeah i guess you have to be a bit more persistent and have the old eyes going (laughs) Not just the emojis. The old sparkle in the yeah, eye. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so yeah, be careful. Yeah, please be careful and try not to be uh, a predator is probably the better. Before we tell people to be careful, let's tell people to stop being predatory. <clears throat> yeah, it's probably so. the onus is on the predator rather than the victim. Uh, so there is another topic we wanted to cover today, which is... Politics. Bit of a scandal. Mm. We love a scandal. Do you want to talk us through what's been happening in New South Wales politics this week? Because it's a bit uh, it's a bit saucy. It sure is. So New South Wales is obviously the state of where Sydney is mm-hmm. for those people living overseas. Thank so, you. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Geography. Yeah. Our, our leader is uh, Premier Gladys Berejiklian, who has been a really great leader. You would know that obviously Sydney has done particularly well with... Uh, managing COVID-19 we are practically living normal now Mm -hmm. the bars are open the restaurants are open we can do whatever we want really she's also done a great job with managing the bushfires that horror season last year in which we saw homes lost lives lost it was awful and of course we're seeing really bad fires in uh, California at the Mm -hmm. moment so and on a scale where we sort of saw last year here in Australia so she did really well and she is, I guess, from the conservative side of politics. She isn't 
on the sort of more social side, mm-hmm. um, but she is part of the Liberal government. Um, she's pretty well liked. She's really well liked, yeah. and she's just she's just a really great leader, yeah. and that's what um, the public think. So, a scandal happened this week in which uh, it was revealed that uh, disgraced former Wagga Wagga MP Daryl Maguire uh, was in a relationship with the Premier. Uh, before she became the leader, mm. um, but also which continued into her leadership. In 2018, he was uh, found to be... There were questions over um, him using his public office for financial gain, mm. misusing his public office, and uh, over a series of property deals involving uh, ch- the Chinese and also for his own gain mm. to pay off debts of, I think, $1.5 million. So. Yeah. Uh, it was, and of course now he's facing a corruption inquiry, which is was set up to investigate corrupt politicians. We saw some of the Labor politicians, like Eddie O'Bee, uh, go through that inquiry. Mm-hmm. He was sent to jail over mm-hmm. cafe leases he um, financially gained from in Circular Quay down in Sydney. Um, so. It, a lot of politicians are put through this inquiry, um, which really raises a question: Why are there so many corrupt politicians? Yeah. But uh, particularly in twenty twenty in Australia. <laughs> but um, so what we it was revealed that Gladys Berejiklian and Daryl Maguire were in a relationship since twenty fifteen, uh, right up until sort of an on on and off again relationship, right up until last month. Yeah, August. Yeah, exactly. August so. Um, so obviously Gladys Berejiklian is a really private person and she, you really don't know much about her, but she's, she's, there's something you, people really like about her, but she's very private and she's very personable and very relatable, but private, private, and which is a very private, delicate balance. So it was a yeah. bombshell when it was revealed that she had a boyfriend mm-hmm. and everyone was shocked because everyone just thought, you know, she's just committed herself to a life in public service. And we know nothing about her. She lives on her own. She has a sister who's a quite a well-known fashion designer. Mm. Don't ask me her name because mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't um, either. But, um, yeah, and so that was revealed. And, and obviously this was quite embarrassing to have your dirty laundry hung out to dry at a corruption inquiry for Gladys Berejiklian. Now, she's not found to be corrupt, but there are questions over her integrity mm. given that Daryl Maguire was referred to have corrupt dealings in 2018 when she was with him mm. and what did she know about that it raises questions over her integrity as a leader and now we did hear some phone conversations which were tapped um i guess by investigators looking into daryl Maguire, and some of those conversations were played before this inquiry um between gladys berejiklian and daryl Maguire. at some stage he made reference to a property uh you know deal or it was something. a deal he's gonna make four or five thousand dollars or something yeah and he he often would reference them and she said i don't need to know about that in one of the conversations now that obviously raises questions well what exactly is that how, what, how much did she know yeah and so there have been calls for her to resign the labor leader the opposition leader Joni mckay has called her delusional and and look you know um we saw um quite some years ago barry o'farrell who was a premier similar to gladys represented the liberal coalition and he was forced to resign over not declaring 
a bottle of Grange, mm-hmm. do you remember? Or mm-hmm. Shiraz. Mm-hmm. And it was a really One expensive bottle. bottle. Of I red think wine. Expensive, but a bottle of red wine. It was $18,000. So he was, he had to really leave. And so there are real indications that she might have to go because there are two things here. One, even though she hasn't done anything wrong, Directly. she claims that yeah. there are questions over what she knew about these um, corrupt property deals that Daryl Maguire was doing. Mm. So that raises a lot of questions over, um, you know, how she can go forward mm. because obviously the public really like her. So I think um, some of the senior liberals in her team are all backing her publicly, but there are questions over, well, how long can this play out? Mm. Is, is this pressure on her going to continue for how long? Mm. Is she going to become damaged goods? Do we take her to the next election? Because um, there will always be this dark cloud hung over her now. And it's a real shame because, you know, she obviously is someone who, um, you know, maybe personal life can be very different to professional life. Mm. And maybe she hasn't made the best choices. And she says that in her personal life. But to see it now play out on a career she has just dedicated everything to is heartbreaking because, you know, and, and unfortunately, the people you hang around, even if you don't know they're doing bad, it can reflect poorly on you. Mm. And it's sometimes that will then, you know, tatter your reputation. Well, I think it's one thing for it to reflect poorly. It's another to be punished to the degree that you've got to leave office, that you lose your job over your association with somebody which you walked away from when you realised how much it was going to jeopardise your position and your reputation. It's not like she's... But it, but it did continue. I mean, this is the thing. So the other problem is is that ICAC, which is the corruption body in which these hearings are taking place, it accidentally published a closed transcript um, between them. I can't say what it is. I have seen it. Mm. Um, a lot of people saw it because it went up on the website. And it was published there and that being published for half an hour then was taken down so there there is this information out there about their relationship that is more extraordinary mm-hmm. um that really are you doing a i've got questions. news but i can't say what it is yeah well you can't because i mean you can you can go to jail for yeah. saying no, what it is um no, and kidding. so um you know, there are just so many questions now. And I wonder, I mean, I think there are a lot of people out there that really hope she survives mm. um, because, you know, she has been a good leader, but I think it makes it hard to go forward. I think that Australian politics can be fairly fickle. I mean, mm. we see how frequently we are capable of changing prime minister uh, and the party sort of deciding for us now we're going to boot this person and take somebody else to the election mm. it's kind of an international joke how frequently we change well they actually brought leadership. in a rule in federal politics yeah. which is the whole country so this is state politics um, and they made a rule because we changed prime ministers I think we had like something like five in a matter of not many years six years or something exactly and um because the party kept knifing prime ministers so they kept saying well she's not popular let's get rid of her Mm. and making all these choices without the public's approval Mm -hmm. and so they actually made a rule now that you can't do that in federal politics and i don't think i'm not really sure i think you might be able to still do it in state politics although it doesn't tend to happen as much 
But um, do you think the voting population cares that much that she was in a relationship with this person? Well, it's funny because I have spoken to people that don't, you know, follow politics that well, and they're like, "So what? She had a boyfriend." Yeah. And as I'll say it now, which I said in the newsroom when this hit, I go, "Hold on, everyone! Everyone has had a Daryl." <laughs> <laughs> I've had that, several. <laughs> yes, there is that. There is, and, and that was, and look, everyone's had a Daryl. It's yeah. that person that you've, you know, had a you probably brief encounter have. or you relationship. Probably shouldn't have, but you, know, you did. Maybe they're not that attractive. They're not that interesting, and you know, they don't really have much going for them. But there's something maybe they about love them. A, they love a bit of corruption. Bit of a bad boy. Yeah. Maybe Glad likes the bad boys. But there's there's something about them, and um, you know, look, it seems sad because I I honestly think she you know she says she didn't know what was happening so um you know again it's like dating you don't really don't know who you're dating and i think when you look at somebody's track record that's got to have some bearing on whether or not what they're now claiming is more or likely more or less likely to be true Mm. like her claim that she didn't know anything well her track record would imply that She's probably not being disingenuous there. No. Do you know what I mean? It's not like this is a series of blunders but or I a guess series that, of... that line about how she said, um, I don't need to know about that in terms of referencing what, what he was talking about, paying off his debts and how he was going to do it. But she said as well that he was a bit of a dreamer. You yeah. Know? So, um, you know, anything that he said about making money off this or doing this to make money... It was sort of like oh, another pipe dream. Exactly. I just you know? don't think it's that definitive. And it's that Daryl we've all dated. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and now, all right, now, mate. now you're going to be, you know. <laughs> uh, someone who goes up in a rocket ship? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, this has really escalated. Um, <laughs> it's a real mixed you know, bag, this yeah, episode. Look, we... Look, we, we um... I also loved her burn where she was questioned, like, why didn't your relatives or friends or anybody know about this relationship this relationship which on and off spanned years she'd never told anyone about and she said something to the effect of the relationship wasn't significant enough to warrant my you know talking to people who i knew about it which was just like oh wow burn on daryl yeah (laughs) serious enough well she said it was a close personal relationship which who really knows what that means? But um, it's interesting because um, one of the questions that has been raised too is that um, late on Friday afternoon, there was some breaking news that um, that Daryl Maguire had admitted that his relationship with Gladys Berejiklian began in 2014, earlier than he'd previously stated. She also said it began in 2015. Um, and so in her evidence... Um, about what she knew about his dealings and so that has also raised questions about well is she telling the entire story um because she said it began in 2015 we know now that it began um on his account though i mean it's sort of like if you it's mm. all it's all just being so presented in a black and white sense where relationships are not black and white particularly romantic relationships where one person can interpret oh, we started dating on this date. And another person can be like, we were never dating. Mm. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, we're in a relationship it's not... for this long. It's like, oh, no, I think that we started dating, like, this month. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, I just think it's being presented as she's either telling the truth or she isn't, where it might be a bit more nuanced than that. Well, yeah, as well. And, um, yeah, look, I don't know what's going to happen. I think um, there are a lot of people saying that 
it'll be remarkable if she survives. Mm. Um, but there are also some that saying she has such public support mm. um, more than ever that that she'll continue. So, um, and also there's a lot of um, questions over. There have been tweets about, you know, would this happen if it was a male politician? Mm -hmm. Well, do you remember when Kevin Rudd, in the lead up to his uh, first term as Prime Minister when he was running for election, how all this stuff came out about the fact that he'd visited a strip club Mm. and the Liberal Party were like, yes, we've got him because he was really uh, finding a lot of success with his sort of Kevin 07 campaign. And Australia got behind him and we're mm. like, yes, relatable. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Not really a reflection of poor integrity, just more like, oh, okay, you can sort of relate that you're but, a human being. But then I guess as well, you know, if a premier like Barry O'Farrell goes for a bottle of wine, mm. then, you know, this is well, more Well, that's a bit more that. direct, isn't it? Well, that's that's yeah, not these are reporting pro- something. Yes, that's true, but but also you know when you say I don't need to know about that with property dealings or, or ways of making money. Well, that's open for interpretation. Mm. Eight, Eighteen thousand dollar bottle of Grange that was received without it being reported is mm. a little bit more clear cut. Yeah, we agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's straight down the line. This is a bit more dubious yeah. for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ashley Raper, my colleague at ABC, she's a state political reporter. She's been doing a really good job. She's yeah. had barely any sleep and, um, yeah, I guess she'll be, she'll be, uh, confined to the four walls of Macquarie street for a long time before prayers for Ashley. Happens. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So thank you so much for taking me through that. Cause I've been catching snippets of it throughout the week and I'm sure there's people who have been following it, uh, with intense curiosity and interest because we love a scandal even though our australian political scandals are pretty weak uh we certainly don't have the fanfare we try to make something out of nothing that's what i think this is personally and i think it'd be a real shame and waste to see her go it will it will be it will be a shame i think a lot of people will be sad given you know the human side we saw of her through covid and bushfires it's rare you see a politician's human side and yes she was at every press conference um during the bushfires mm. when our own prime minister scott morrison was holidaying in hawaii during one of the worst crises seen in australia for decades yes. so and our natural and our natural disaster minister chose to take himself off the mm. holiday then as well and, and look you know everyone needs a holiday but maybe wait until the crisis is over when, if you you're con- when your country isn't yeah, on fire. is burning yeah that would be more ideal. Dol, thank you so much for taking us through that. I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Make sure to come and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, uploading these to YouTube as well if you prefer to listen over there. You can come and find Mark and I on Twitter and Instagram. Mark is Ready News on Twitter, Mark Ready on Instagram, and I'm What Mia Did Next on both. Again, our list of things we have to do it's still to be done so we'll have an instagram for you so soon we really need a manager just just, and just an say assistant. just do this you need to do this um but also please send us topics you want us to discuss or questions or we might do like a that. q&a we'll do like that'd be a great send to know us q&a or something. yeah send a whole bunch of questions and we can answer them all in half an hour yes rapid fire have a good week thanks guys <laughs>